Welcome, everybody, to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined once again by Wrestling Inc.'s own Raj Giri. And this episode, we're here to talk about SmackDown Live for October 4th, 2016. Raj, how's it going? Good. How are you? Doing well, man. So uh, interesting SmackDown last night in the build-up to No Mercy. We'll be talking about that today. We'll be talking about what's going on with TNA, the latest on Impact Wrestling. And, of course, uh, all the news, all the chatter about Goldberg possibly returning to the WWE. What's going on with that situation? But first, let's talk about SmackDown Live. We have the No Mercy pay-per-view coming up this Sunday, October 9th in Sacramento, California. I will be there on the scene. Wrestling Inc. will be covering the podcast in its entirety after the, or we'll be covering the event on its podcast in its entirety uh, after the show with Vince Russo, Raj Geary, and Matt Morgan here. And uh, yeah, let's let's talk about the buildup last night. Uh, it seemed like the focus, even though we had the main event segment with John Cena, Dean Ambrose, and AJ Styles, once again, a huge focus on Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. Uh, what did you think last night about uh, this this overly produced series of promos that we saw? I'm I'm ready for this one to end. I think <laughs> I, I think this has been the the worst stuff on the show. Um, I, I think uh, otherwise, I think SmackDown was really good. Uh, yeah. You know, I thought Raw was good this week too, as we mentioned on Monday. Uh, I still thought SmackDown was better. Uh, it has that huge advantage with being two hours over three, so it's it's a lot more compact and 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 it doesn't drag. Um, but yeah, gosh, man, that Orton Wyatt stuff is just brutal. Uh, but I wonder, like. You know, they did that tease with him getting out of the room. I, I wonder if that's a uh, a tease for Luke Harper coming back. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe that would definitely make sense. Uh, although, do you think with Harper that that's, that that's big enough? I mean, now I know, you know, I, Luke in the in the Wyatt family hierarchy, obviously, uh, you know, pretty, pretty well known and uh, appreciated member of the Wyatt family. But do you think that that is, is going to be a big enough plot point? Um, now that we've got Braun on Raw, Eric Rowan, it seems like they just kind of treated him as you know the one that was still there. Well, he's injured now. Eric Rowan's injured, so that's so he's kind of out. Yeah, man, the Wyatt family just you know keeps keeps shrinking and shrinking. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, that's a good point. It Luke Harper kind of just goes back to where they were. They've done Luke Harper interfering on behalf of Bray as a surprise before when uh, Harper was injured. So. Um, yeah, I mean, if they got something creative, I, ju I just hope it's not some hocus pocus, you know, uh, hocus pocus stuff, uh, and it's something legitimate. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, this stuff, did, like I've said before, this stuff just doesn't do it for me. The, the over unrealistic horror movie kind of stuff just, <laughs> just makes me roll my eyes. But yeah. Yeah, the weirdest part. So, so the show did open. We had Bray versus Kane, and you know that was a serviceable match. I mean, I think it's about what you would expect from from that. It was it was fairly quick. Uh, Kane won by count out, but then we had, uh, and uh, this is just where we talk about overproduced. The, so Bray's upside down. They have Randy come in with video that's Randy upside down, and then the strangest part was they rotate the camera to Randy going right side up and. They insist upon using some weird, like, fade trippy effect with trails with it to try and be like, oh, my God, it's going right side up. Yeah. How are you? How is anyone? How is any grown man supposed to get scared by that or, or, or you know, intimidated? It's, it's, it's like so they turn weird. the camera around and add an effect. Yeah. That's the big twist, man. Literally. Um, so yeah, let's go, let's get this out of the way. They they had you know the the chasing backstage. Um, you know, ooh, Bray finds a rocking chair, and then Randy essentially locks Bray in what looks like a storage unit, um, where we then cut to video throughout the night, seeing that apparently all it takes is about thirty minutes for Bray to go insane and start seeing Sister Abigail. Um, you know, and then escaping at the end. Yeah, you know it, like. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, you know, it would have been hilarious if they just had it where Bray was doing one of his, you know, his regular promos and Randy Orton came and shut the, you know, shut the door from behind and locked him out. That would have been kind of funny and, and different and kind of yeah, do his creepy charisma. And it's realistic, you know, mm -hmm. um, this other stuff. Yeah. It's, a lot of people like it. You know, a lot of people, you know, if that's your thing, uh, it's just not my thing. I, I, I prefer the more uh, reality based stuff. I mean, aside from his almost face turn or, or his uh, veering towards uh, his face turn before he got injured uh, with Bray, has there been any character development? I mean, I feel like that's that's what's sort of missing is that it's it's been the same thing since day one on NXT, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, Bray, I just feel like Bray has been stagnant for a while. Uh, You know, when he he came on the main roster, I thought he was awesome. He was one of my favorite characters to watch every week. And now his promos, I'm just I just tune out as soon as he starts talking. Uh, It's just kind of same stuff. Nothing really. uh, Nothing really there that that you can relate to. So it just I just tune out. I I think, like I I said last week, I I think he just needs a, a change of scenery, needs a face turn. Uh, and something different. And they were about to pull the plug on that uh, a few months ago before he got injured. And I, I hope they get on that again. So so we had after uh, that segment, and I think that's all we need to talk about, the Bray-Randy uh, build up to no yeah. mercy. Uh, we had probably the the, the feud that, that if it, maybe it's possible to care about uh, matchup less uh, that was teased from the start of the show, Baron Corbin versus Jack Swagger. Uh, you, you pumped about all the build up they did for this last night? Well, uh, <laughs> at least it gives them something. I, this is, yeah. uh, you know, you got to have your filler matches and and they're trying something different. I thought, you know, I thought that finish that they had in their match was it was kind of creative. Uh, you know, that oh, with the, the tap out. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that a little later. So, yeah, that that was teased. Uh, but the first real uh, uh, action after that, uh, you know, after the the Kane uh, Bray match, and then after that promo, we had uh, the women's action, the first women's action of the evening with Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Bella. And what I thought was interesting about this is it was a little predictable. I mean, Carmella was on commentary. Uh, Carmella, of course, gets involved with the match. Becky comes out and gets involved with the match. And then over the break, it was turned into a tag tag match. Um, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before, sort of the WWE booking generator of how they do a feud um, and how they do these matchups again and again. Uh, Becky uh, was pinned by Alexa Bliss. So by uh, the Raj Giri uh, booking algorithm, that means that Becky will be retaining at no mercy on Sunday. Um, but yeah. what did you think of uh, the match itself? Uh, the match itself was fine. Um, I-, I think it, it would have been better just keep it Alexa Bliss and Nikki Bella have them have a longer match and have Alexa beat Nikki you know you yeah. can do interference from Carmella you break out of your normal formula of you know the challenger pinning the champion and the champion getting their win back um but I, I thought it was fine yeah yeah no it was it was solid um and they did announce they did make it official during last night's episode that we will have Carmella versus Nikki Bella um Sunday at no mercy uh not a no dq match which again daniel bryan was pushing for on on talking smack last night uh so no special stipulation but i think it'll be good you know i think uh it, it feels like there's been so much with the interference and the pre-match attacks so actually, actually i think it'll be refreshing to see them just wrestle a complete match uh provided that there's no shenanigans yeah absolutely you know um <laughs> and uh you know after that we had uh you know alexa again saying she's coming for the title but uh so we had a, a, d- a different version of what we saw on Monday Night Raw last night, which was uh, the the More Than Pink campaign for the Susan G. Komen Foundation, um, this time with Daniel Bryan. Now, Raj, I know we talked about, you know, Enzo and Cass doing that segment on Monday, and I don't know that it, w- it was awkward. I mean, Matt Morgan said that it was, you know, sort of misusing Enzo and Cass by putting them in that situation, perhaps, you know, danger of, uh, of making them a little less cool by doing it. But with Daniel, I thought that's exactly what these segments should be. Absolutely. I thought he fit perfect for it. Um, you know, again, I, I, I'm not a big fan of people to really over the top tooting their own horn for, for charity, <laughs> but you know, it is a good cause. And, uh, Daniel Bryan was perfect for that role. He, I mean, he seemed very sincere. He's got that. He's just, he's just the guy for that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was nice. He seemed a little, you know, you could tell he was moved. He seemed a little choked up at one point. Um, I thought he did a nice job with it and uh, it works for this campaign. I mean, and with the WWE, you know, I know that they said for years, like, oh, we don't really tout our charity work. Um, but now, obviously, it's done a complete 180. But I think, you know, these awareness segments, I think if they can make people feel inspired and I mean, not to be cynical, but if they can, if they can not bore people with them and give them that little sort of uplifting moment, I think that's the best we can hope for and the merging of entertainment with uh, philanthropy yeah and and they i mean they they do and they don't as far as touting their their charity work you know like the all these appearances that john cena makes uh they don't really advertise those or you know they'll put photos here and there but uh but you know these big campaigns like Coman, they've been doing every year for for a while now um so you know for the bigger campaigns they 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 definitely toot their own horn do you think when word got out about John Cena and the Make-A-Wish record that that was sort of the beginning of uh, the the turnaround for fans on him a couple of years ago? 
where you started to see people sort of coming back to realizing like, okay, even though John Cena is sort of predictably booked and you have the Superman problem, like he's legitimately like a really good guy. Yeah. You know, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's that or just, he's just gotten respect for being there for so long. I mean, he still gets loud booze, but it's not as hateful yeah, you know, no, as, it, as it used to be. Cause he's in on the joke now. So it's like, even if you love John Cena, I think you're singing John Cena sucks. Yeah. Or it could just be that fans are just tired of hating him. And, and some of that has subsided to Roman Reigns. So yeah, that's that true. Too. Roman's like a hate sponge um, yeah. in that regard, you know, really draws it away. Um, so we had uh, after the, the Komen segment, uh, the Vaudevillains versus the Hype Bros. And this was interesting in that the Ascension came out at the end, um, you know, so, sort of setting up this feud with the Hype Bros to come. Um, I mean, do, do you think they're going to do a substantial secondary tag team storyline here if we have really I mean, I mean i feel like the usos versus american alpha and we'll talk about that in a minute i feel like that is is going to be the the sort of a storyline um i think like heath and rhino unfortunately are getting sort of a backseat now um that you know the, the, their career trajectory towards the title uh that part has wrapped where they're at the destination but i mean do you think there's anything any there there if we're going to have sort of three former nxt teams maybe uh, i mean i think it's just going to be one of those you know, throw away underneath feuds that it just gives them something to do, but it's it's not going to really mean much at the end. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's definitely where their head is. It's the Hype Brothers and the Ascension working live events. Yeah, you know, I got to say still, I'm pleasantly surprised uh, seeing that the Hype Bros, that uh, JBL is just putting Mojo so over, you know, and, and just building them up so much. Because the Hype Bros, I mean, when they were in NXT... Didn't I mean? Didn't they almost seem like a, a weird afterthought for for much of the time there? Yeah, I, I mean, I still, uh, I mean, JBL builds him up, but uh, fans just don't like Mojo Raleigh, you know, like <laughs> you know, he speaking, he irritates yeah. them. And speaking of the Cena thing, that Breaking Ground segment, I think for the internet wrestling community, um, Breaking Ground showing Mojo, you know, like talking to the kids and stuff. I think that was the best thing for Mojo's career. Yeah, or just have them have them be a heel annoying tag team, you know, because that's kind of his real personality. And it's something that, you know, if you use it right, it, it could be a good heel act where it's just like, you know, meant to annoy you as opposed to they're meant to be baby faces and they annoy you. Yeah. Yeah. See, they're one of those where it's like, do I like the hype bros? But maybe I like them ironically. You know, it's like the other. Yeah, so there's something sort of there. Uh, so the hype bros won that match uh, against the VOD villains. Again, the ascensions pointed to them. But uh, let's let's talk about what, in my opinion, was the absolute high point of last night. And that was uh, the segment that we had with the Miz and Maurice uh, with Dolph Ziggler and the Dolph Umentary. What what did <laughs> what, what, you, th you make of that, Rod? I thought this. I thought it was awesome. But. <laughs> Ziggler, you know, there Rick Flair is saying that uh, he's heard that Ziggler is losing and he's going to become an agent. Um, and and I forget he was left standing at the end of that segment, right? Uh or did Miz take him out? I, I, someone was uh, kicked out of the ring and then ran off. It, 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 my only thing was that part felt like it went on a little long compared to the rest of it. So with this and spoiler for anyone that didn't watch it, two members of the Spirit Squad returned. Uh, yeah. I think uh, who saw that coming? Yeah, yes. I, I thought that Dolphy Menry was great if Ziggler's winning on Sunday because they buried him something fierce on that. It was amazing. I mean, it was hilarious, but yeah, if he's on his way out and that's <laughs> that's you know, a set off. Yeah, I mean, poor guy. Um, but yeah, I yeah. So Z Ziggler was left standing. Usually, usual WWE booking means that uh, the Miz is winning, but I I just can't. Uh, so I'll, I will say this Ziggler is still advertised for SmackDown live events after the pay-per-view. Obviously card is always subject to change and he could pull them. Um, yeah, I was asking fans on Twitter and, uh, and in our comment section, can you think of the last time someone put their career on the line? Not in a you're fired type of way, but like I, I am retiring if I lose this match. I mean, I can think of like flair and yeah. Shawn Michaels, but I can't really think of anything recently that doesn't get pulled out as that much. You know, I feel like there was a brief period of time where it was, but um, yeah. yeah, not so much recently. Yalissa saying Michelle McQueen, Layla. So in all these instances where they put their career on the line, the, you know, they lose like they, you know, I can't remember the last time that someone put their career on their, on the line 
and, and actually won. Usually that's their way to, to write them off of uh, TV. So the fact that Ziggler was left standing, and we'll, I know we'll get to our no mercy predictions after yeah. after a SmackDown review, but it really leads me to believe that Ziggler probably is losing and, and might be done. Well, I'm, st- I'm stoked I will, I will be there for what could be Dolph Ziggler's last match ever. Yeah, if they did, they gave him a pretty, you know, pretty <laughs> sad send-off with how he's been uh, booked these last few weeks. But He has a good sense of humor, though, and I think uh, it's, it's interesting. Did you watch Talking Smack last night? I did, and and we'll get to that at the end, too. But yeah. I think... Dolph yeah, was, was very great. interesting in how, how he, he broke kayfabe and, and was really, uh, yeah, referring to his character in the past. I mean, it was strange right i don't think i've seen that uh on any wwe current programming yeah when they would bring up all his losing you know you know he'd kind of make it a point that yeah my character loses you know or uh this is entertainment (laughs) you know that's my character and uh how the company just craps on him (laughs) across the country 10 year old children all of a sudden had a million questions for their parents about how wrestling works um but yeah it was it was interesting so but the Dolph you mentioned look if you didn't watch Smackdown live last night you have to seek this out you have to seek out this segment it was so well edited um it was it was great that it was it was um satire more than parody that they treated it very earnestly but showed sort of all the lowlights of uh Dolph Ziggler's career and we talked about this last week with what they did with the Miz. We talked about what they did on Raw with uh, the Sasha Charlotte promo. WWE is just killing it in the video packages lately and doing these little retrospective packages. Yeah, I, I, I watched that again. That I mean, it was hilarious. Uh, you think uh, WWE might bring back Ken Doan? I mean, the dude still looked in great shape. He's got the heights. He's got that kind of <laughs> look that they look for, you know? I could, yeah. I could easily see them uh, bringing him back. I think the Spirit Squad would be pretty over right now. Well, uh, was that Mickey or Mitch? I'm out. It was. Uh, I think it was. Uh, actually, I don't know. I get the and, M's confused. Yeah, but he uh, he didn't look in the best of shape, so I'm not sure if they bring him back. <laughs> but but Ken Doan, you know, I could I could. I mean, I don't think they should bring him back as a member of the Spirit Squad. But <laughs> you know, the the dude when when they originally started the Spirit Squad, it was to make Ken Doan a star, and he was the one that was supposed to break out and become the single star, and so. Um, you know, he was the one that they were originally looking at. So I could, I could see them bringing him back. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was great last night. I mean, I love just the, those references to sort of, you know, the the less memorable um, WWE gimmicks that, that have existed over the years. And I think that's where SmackDown. That's that's the beauty of SmackDown is it's becoming the more hardcore. The hardcore fan show, you know, more nods to continuity. I mean, The Miz was doing it last week, referencing, you know, all the stuff he'd been through, um, you know, uh, more sort of obscure aspects of his career. And I think that's always, always welcome. Um, Real so, quick, I will say this, yeah. too. Uh, I am looking forward to this way more than I am uh, Orton versus Wyatt. Probably yeah. actually more than anything on the show. I mean, it's it's up there with the main event. So Dude, Miz yeah. and Ziggler have just done a tremendous job with this. It's been a, it's been a great storyline. Um. Yeah, I, I I think this is this has been great. That backlash really revitalized his career. You know, over the last uh, since Maurice has come back. No, the Miz has been having an amazing year, and that backlash match that they had was just fantastic. Um, you know, I think that was like the Miz's highest rated match online in perhaps ever. Yeah, <laughs> in, in the ring, he's years. fine. <laughs> yeah, but come on, that was cool. How he was doing a completely different style. He was pulling it off. I mean, I don't know. I'm looking forward to Sunday. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. Yeah, Miz sometimes when it's, see, to me, when he tries something new a lot of times, it looks like a guy um, imitating wrestling moves. You know, well, he's trying, just, yeah. but it doesn't look uh, it doesn't look authentic. Like when he does Daniel Bryan's kicks or things like that, he looks like if you're practicing in the backyard and, and, you know, trying to do these moves that you see on TV, but you're trying not to make them hurt, um, <laughs> you know, but 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 that's not saying he's been bad in the ring. I think he's been, you know, better than usual. But uh, outside the ring, I think he's been just fantastic. No, absolutely killing it on the mic. We could certainly agree on that. Um, so we're going to talk about Jey Uso versus Jason Jordan in a second, but I want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of the Wrestling Inc. podcast, DDP Yoga. So you've heard us talk about it before. DDP Yoga has changed countless lives. So many of the current roster, past roster, have benefited immensely from it. We're talking guys like Jake Roberts, Scott Hall, Chris Jericho, Mick Foley, Gold Dust, 
all swear by DDP Yoga. And now they've taken it to another level with the DDP Yoga Now app on iOS and Android devices. So you've got no excuse because you can have DDP Yoga with you everywhere you go. And the cool thing about their app is that you can track your workouts. You can also uh, connect it to a Bluetooth heart rate monitor. So you can track your calories and your heart rate in real time if you're on your DDP Yoga mat, if you're at the gym, or even while you're out mowing the lawn. All the fitness tracking features, pain tracking, measurements, progress photos, and more are completely free in the new DDP Yoga Now app. And DDP Yoga Now subscribers, you're not going to get tired of doing the same workouts over and over again because they've added completely new DDP Yoga 2.0 workouts, weekly live workouts straight from the DDP Yoga Performance Center. And every Monday, you're going to get motivational messages from DDP himself. DDP even hosts his own cooking show on the app, and he'll show you how to make healthy food taste amazing. For a limited time, you can get the DDP Yoga Now, pardon me, the DDP Yoga DVDs for 15% off, plus three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. Head on over to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. Stop procrastinating. Get started now with DDP Yoga. That's ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. And absolutely. And you look at Raw or SmackDown, you know, you, you, the proof is right there. You see AJ Styles, uh, Chris Jericho, look, I mean, just look at McFoley. Look at how McFoley looked a couple of years ago and look at him now. And that's all DDP Yoga. So definitely check out ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. And definitely, you know, you, you try it out. And, and if you're loving it, let DDP, uh, give them a tweet. Let them know that wrestling inc sent you. Yeah, man. Talk about change turnaround. Look at, uh, look at Goldust. Look at Dustin Runnels back when he was in TNA versus now. He comes right. in the best shape of his life and credits DDP Yoga for that. Um, so we had last night a uh, continuation of the American Alpha Usos feud with Jay Uso versus Jason Jordan. And uh, I mean, did this work for you as sort of a placeholder given that American Alpha is not competing at No Mercy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it builds to. Uh, it's clear that they're probably going to move on from Rhino and Heath Slater after uh, after the Usos win the title. Like they're not going to stick with uh, Slater and Rhino versus the Usos. So yeah. uh, this was kind of the way to do it to to kind of you know plant that in there that American Alpha is next. And it, I mean, look, it makes sense. I mean. I love what they've done with Rhino and Slater, but I think everyone predicted from day one that American Alpha should be the SmackDown tag champions. Um, yeah, and I just feel like Rhino and Slater is kind of running its course. Uh, you well, know. because they didn't they didn't give anything else. I feel like, look, I feel like the joke was saw. I feel like they stumbled into that storyline. Vince, you know, or whoever in creative picked up on a joke aspect they like of liked of it with the double wide, the kids, sort of the white trash hillbilly thing. And I feel like they didn't really think about it sort of beyond that. Yeah. And they didn't. And this was the problem with Damien Sandow and the Miz is they don't know how to continue it once you get there. Yeah. You know, once Slater and Rhino won the t tag titles, they didn't have something creative for them afterwards other than just to be tag champions. And, but the uh, good news is they lose uh one turns on the other and then at least maybe we have a storyline yeah but then uh, i can't see uh <laughs> i can't see slater versus rhino being higher on the card than jack swagger versus baron corbin uh, but it'll be more like entertaining <laughs> i'll be more invested emotionally maybe you know and that it'll... counts for something <laughs> yeah uh so yeah so jason jordan won that match of course uh Real quick, I, I had, yeah. you know, I just brought up Damian Sandow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you think did a better job with Damian Sandow? WWE with Sandow after the Miz breakup, uh, after uh, the Miz feud, or TNA is doing it with him right now? Well, I mean, TNA it seems like is I mean he he won a belt right at uh, he did, but he has like all the stuff he was known for in WWE, his you know charisma and. And everything has just been like sucked away. He's just, he's like such a flat character there now. Well, and I think that's the thing. So I was really excited when TNA picked him up and I watched that first promo and then it was like, okay, okay. So he's like, he's angry. He's or defiant, I think is maybe more sort of the, the vibe they were going for with it. And um, it was just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know that this is sort of the, I don't know how far this is going to carry us, you know? Yeah, I, I think. He's got a title, uh, but I you just look at the fan response to him when he first came in to now. I think WWE had the right idea with him as far as using him for comedy. I mean, I think they could have done more with him for sure, uh, and he shouldn't have been cut. But uh, 
anyone that criticized him, you know, and that, and actually, I don't think people criticized WWE for using him for comedy, but just not using him enough, which is and fair. And he didn't seem unhappy with that. I mean, if you listen to his interview with Chris Jericho on Jericho's podcast, I mean, uh, Sandow seemed like he was game for whatever they wanted to do. Hulk Hogan screwed him over, you yeah. know? <laughs> Seriously, had that not happened. Although yeah. that gimmick he wanted to do with Curtis Axel, well, I can't remember what the name was, but, uh, they wanted to do sort of the the late 80s you know wearing the zebra print pants the bodybuilders with the mullets i thought that yeah the, the made of powers i thought that was that yeah. was uh that was entertaining and and then it was cut short after hulk hogan's uh racist tirade was was made public and hulk hogan ruins everything <laughs> um, so yeah i, th I think with sandow it's it's unfortunate um really really unfortunate we'll talk about this later in the show if tna folds man i feel bad for uh sandow and cody rhodes you know at this point um given the career decisions they've made uh but uh yeah yeah i think uh i don't know i, I don't know if it's connecting on tna the way that uh people sort of anticipated sandow getting a push would um so we had Jack Swagger versus Baron Corbin. Uh, I think the most notable thing about this match was what you said, the ending of it with Jack Swagger winning. We had Corbin um, going for the ropes in a, in a submission um, hold and uh, his, his reach for the ropes looked like a tap. So it was counted as a tap out. Um, yeah, I feel like I haven't seen that used in a while. What did you think of that for the ending? Yeah, I liked it. It was something different. I'm not looking forward to these matches, but um, <laughs> I thought that was good. And, it, you know, again, it gives these guys something to do. Um, you know, Baron Corbin, I thought working with Dolph Ziggler, he'd, he'd improve a lot. He hasn't shown much improvement uh, since he's been on the main main roster. It, you know, granted, it's only been since April, but um, I feel like they should put him in with workers that he can get better in the ring with. And And Jack Swagger, I don't think is that guy. Well, and it's funny, we were talking earlier about, you know, sort of the lack of evolution with Bray. I think there's been zero evolution with Baron, and I actually think there was an opportunity there. I mean, I know his idea is that, you know, he doesn't care, he's the lone wolf, um, but I feel like with this character winning the the Andre uh, Battle Royal, I feel like they could have done something on the main roster, um, either taking him back in the direction he was in NXT for a while, of having him be sort of the indie the indie killer that's uh, going, you know, taking out the uh, the indie guys and, um, you know, giving them crap uh, for for uh, their career choices as opposed to his. Or they could have done something different where now he's on the main show and maybe, you know, I don't know. I mean, they could have even turned him face. I mean, in sort of an antihero sort of way, you know, but I feel like to just have him sort of be an ass, you know, I don't know. I don't know it, because it comes across as bullying, like what was doing with uh, what was it with um, Callisto, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like he could almost be, I mean, it got kind of goes against his character, but he could probably benefit from being in a tag team uh, to get more experience and then, you know, get out in a singles run. But again, that would be against his lone wolf character. Yeah. He's into some creepy stuff. Put him, put him with Bray. You know, I think that would, uh, that would work pretty well actually. Um, but I don't know. So, so what was interesting after that match is that the 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 there was no real main event. Uh, we we had an in ring promo. I'm, I'm assuming, and you'll know this. I'm sure wrestling and Kazan online. I mean, was there a dark match after the show? Because uh, that seemed like a weird way to end it. If I was there alive to have AJ Cena and Ambrose in the ring, just uh, you know talking trash to each other, and then a, a spear to end it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they actually did the main event tapings after SmackDown uh, because they're on the West Coast. Oh, gotcha. Um, and then after that, they had, a, I think it was Randy Orton against Bray Wyatt um, was the dark match. And let me double check that, but I'm pretty sure it was definitely Randy Orton. Um, yeah, it was Randy Orton defeating Bray Wyatt uh, after an RKO. So there was still an hour to go after SmackDown was over for, for the live crowd. Gotcha. Cause yeah. So, so what did you think about that? I didn't know if I would enjoy it that much at first, but I really liked how we had Ambrose um, and AJ just sort of getting up in Cena's face, talking trash and Cena just silent with it. As it went on, I liked it more and more. Exactly. I thought that was great. I, yeah. you know, as a, sometimes that's more effective than having to have a comeback and uh, yeah. And yeah, I, you know, I, I think the stuff with Ambrose and Cena, the stuff that they've been doing on Talking Smack um, has just been great. And Styles has been awesome. I think Talking Smack has the best WWE promos uh, of any WWE show each week because you could tell that it's not scripted verbatim. 
that they're kind of told what to say and and then given freedom and I almost feel like that should be like the barometer. You you put them on these pre-shows or, or talking smack, and if they can go, if they can cut a great promo that's realistic and resonates, then let them do that on live TV. If they suck, then make them stick to scripted promos and and, and get more experience. Yeah, it's uh, it's really incredible, you know, compared to every other aspect of WWE programming. Just how uh, it's it's like you're watching a workshop with some of the younger uh, talents, and with the more experienced guys, it's just fantastic to to just see what they do with it. So last night, uh, pivoting to talking smack. So again, uh, Cena just you know speared. Uh, I think it was Dean at the end, and then uh, show was over. Um, so we went to talking smack and we had Dolph come out. So, uh, I mean, interesting notes, uh, the beats of talking smack one. I love that, uh, the Daniel Bryan, uh, sort of broke, uh, you know, it went a little meta with it and was like talking about producer notes, like, Oh, we're not allowed to talk politics. We've had that in our ear previously. We can't <laughs> say that, you know, I like that he's getting a little loose with it to where you feel like Daniel at any moment could go off and just start shooting, uh, you know, and, and just say something he's not supposed to say. Well, I think of of anyone on of all the commentators and and the people on the pre shows, Daniel Bryan is the one that has that feels the most authentic. Like you, yeah. you feel like he's not just saying the company line or what he's supposed to say. And uh, you know, obviously, he, he has to at some point to keep you know keep, keep the storylines going. But um, he just comes across as authentic, and 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 you don't feel like you're being uh, worked. I guess is a good word uh, when you're listening that, to him with that documentary thing that he did. Uh, yeah, I think he was obviously joking. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I I don't know if it meant like it was so bad that he no longer wants to be associated with it, or uh, yeah. But I think he he's he definitely obviously you know you could t- with his facial expressions he was playing around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so we had that. We had uh, Dolph come out as we mentioned earlier. So Dolph, yeah, completely broke kayfabe, broke character, and was talking about how, yeah, he wasn't a loser, but his character lost, you know, or his character was a loser at certain points in his career. Um, I thought that was, I mean, just fascinating to see a current wrestler talking about that that element of their character development. Yeah, they, um, yeah, I thought I thought it was, I thought it was great. Uh, you know, he, he kept kayfabe a little bit, you know, talking yeah. about no mercy and, and uh, but yeah, I thought, uh, again, Ziggler, Ziggler can go. You give him talking points, and the, the guy is great on the mic. Um, uh, and yeah, I thought this was really good. Uh, he he talked about being crapped on, uh, literally. Well, kind of <laughs> literally. It wasn't real crap, but they did. I remember the one angle where they dumped crap on the Spirit Squad. I can't remember a second because he said he is he's been crapped on a couple times. They showed it in the clip. What was the other time? I, I don't remember where I was, but they showed it in the clip. I think um, it, there was a briefcase in the ring, so it might have been around Money in the Bank. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I thought this was good. He talked about Edge being one of his uh, you know, all-time. Really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, so, yeah, great stuff from Ziggler. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I kind of think he might be losing, but, but we'll see. Well, you know, I could see them, um, having him lose it, but keeping him on TV, you know, sort of a, a la corporate cane, you know, having Ziggler maybe shift to a backstage position. And then maybe the storyline is that, you know, the Miz has to work with him. Maybe he's the Miz's road agent, you know, something like that, where, where then they just build it up to an in-ring return down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Dolph, I mean, yeah, this thing, I think Dolph, Dolph can wrestle and Dolph, can perform in the ring but i mean dolph has acted now granted it was in a wwe studios film but uh you know i think dolph could uh do let me put it this way dolph on camera is more compelling than 75 percent of the roster is outside of the ring yeah he's just been around for so long he just needs a you know something new turn him heel do something you know uh put him with i don't know not Heyman, but you know something just something that freshens him up you know look at how well it did with Miz having Maurice. Oh, definitely. Um, but, you know, again, if, if that's it, I mean, I could, you know, he's wrestled a hard style, like taking a lot of crazy bumps over the years. So maybe, uh, maybe just feels like his career is going nowhere and it's probably better to work. You know, Ric Flair is saying that uh, uh, Ziggler has been offered a, a backstage role. Now, Ric Flair also said he slept with Halle Berry. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta take it with a grain of salt. Um <laughs> Ric Flair may or may not be sober. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if that is the case, maybe, you know, sometimes being in the ring forever is not 
the best thing. And, and it's yeah. to no, no one you call it quits, even though you can still go. But the question is, even if it's a career ending match, will the Colonel still show up to defeat the chicken the next time KFC sponsors the show? Well, the Colonel is not retiring. So, <laughs> but I loved, I loved Miz calling out though. Like you're not going to show up in a mask, you know, right. like all the different tricks they've used in the past. And, and that's what Ziggler would made it clear to say, like, there is no, yeah. you know, I'm not going back to raw. This is, if he loses, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Vince is really going to buy TNA and then Ziggler shows up on impact and it's just like, Oh my God, mind blown. You know? Yeah. Uh, he's they're not going to keep TNA alive if they buy it. <laughs> uh, a couple of people are saying that Triple H put his career on the line at WrestleMania 29 against Lesnar. Do you remember that? I remember him coming out of retirement. Uh, I forget. Maybe he did. They, they, they didn't make it a, a big selling point of that match if they if he did. Uh, you know, and I think uh, it's it's interesting for the stakes of it. Um, yeah, because it, these are, I mean, this isn't Ric Flair. This isn't someone who's past their prime. I mean, Ziggler is entering the later phase of his career, but it's not like there's any, you know, reason why he needs to get out of this business. Right. You know, uh, so let's talk about No Mercy a bit. Um, although, although I do want to say uh, one last note on Talking Smack. I loved how it ended with AJ Styles just ranting and then just bam end of show no like thanks for watching whatever i thought that was the best way they've ended talking smack so far well outside of the, the that time with the miz and daniel bryan uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah again uh, aj styles was great uh, unscripted i mean talking points but you, you could tell like they knew uh when he was done that was when to go off like that was where he where he was supposed to finish his promo um but yeah i thought he was you know what i thought was great Styles is bringing up all these points to Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan had no answer. He's like, "Why is John Cena in this match at No Mercy when I beat him?" And you know, what did he do to 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 earn being in that match? And Bryan had no good answer. And then he asked why Ziggler wasn't taken out of the match when he beat him cleanly. And you know, Bryan didn't have much of a good answer for that either. Well, um, I don't think he could without breaking kayfabe of like, "Look, AJ, ratings are down." sort of across the board since we did this brand split uh you know people weren't really buying a pay-per-view to see you and dean so we need to sell right. some tickets yeah yeah there's you can't say uh, he's gonna add a lot because it'll do better <laughs> business but but you know still i thought i thought that was great uh did you notice dolph uh in his interview kind of took a shot at at uh triple h's chosen ones i don't know if you noticed that uh yeah, honestly it's, it's a bit of a bore because i watched it so late last night he said he he would hate being like one of those guys that gets signed and and takes their picture and you know and 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 you know is, is promised the belt and you know he's clear he's taking a shot at like a lot of these guys that come in like you know kevin owens and and that are doing the two sweet sign with triple h and, and i think he was taking a shot at that well, and Dolph is is interesting. I mean, Dolph and the Miz, right? I mean, they're they're the old guard at this point. You know, I know mean, we don't think of them the way that we think of uh, you know sort of uh, veterans in this business, but compare them to all. I mean, there's there's a real clear division right now on the main roster. There's you know what, what was it? Someone tallied it up online. Isn't it like almost sixty percent have spent time in NXT and come up through that system compared to the the guys that were in OVW or uh, FCW? Well, um, well, here's the thing. How many people have come up from NXT and how many people were already great wrestlers that went to NXT and then the main yeah. roster? There's a difference between like uh, Bray Wyatt or, or uh, Charlotte. Um, oh, definitely. And, and, and Kevin Owens and Nakamura, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the most, uh, you know, the most over guys, I think. I don't know. It, it, more more often than not, it's the the guys that work the indies in Japan and stuff before going to NXT, as opposed to just straight homegrown NXT talents. But the difference, though, through NXT, and I think that's what Dolph was getting at with uh, Triple H, is that you've got that extra advocate for you. I mean, obviously Vince signed oh, yeah. off on you if you're on the main roster, but you've also got got Triple H who's in your corner, who's advocating for you, and the OVW guys don't have that. Sure. Um, and whoever brought them up, that's not Vince. I mean, Pat Patterson isn't there now still putting a bug in Vince's ear to advocate for you. you know? Absolutely. I don't think uh, Kevin Owens would be where he was, where he is right now, if it weren't for Triple H. Yeah. If it was strictly Vince, there, I don't even know if he'd be on the main roster. 
Yeah. So Dolph, I mean, in, in some ways, Dolph and the Miz both, I mean, credit to them for, you know, not being A-list guys, but still, uh, I mean, I, I'll go as far as to say thriving in the current environment. You know, they're getting storylines, they're getting storylines that get, people get invested in and be given that TV time to tell that story each week. So that's great. Um, so let's look at the card for No Mercy. It looks uh, a little thin. <laughs> but uh we we had this problem uh with with backlash i mean so with this we got one two th uh three four five six so six matches again um you know provided that there's no unexpected or unforeseen injury uh you know this this should go off without a hitch um so nikki bella versus carmella do you think uh nikki's going over with total bellas launching this week I, I could see them doing that just because Carmella has been getting the better of her every week and uh, and leaving her lane. So I could see them having Nikki win, uh, gets attacked, and they keep the feud going till the next pay-per-view. Yeah, and I think that'd be good. Um, Carmella, man, it, and it's not that she... I don't want to say like be one of those guys that's like, oh, Carmella needs work. But no, I think what it is is that Carmella in NXT was doing pretty pretty good you know i mean uh not just in the ring but also in her role with enzo and Cass. i thought her segments there were were very good i thought her segments with bailey even though it was a new take on it uh was going okay but i feel like carmella as a character on her own hasn't really clicked on smackdown and they've been trying these different things i don't know if you noticed last night on commentary her accent now is uh much more you know uh enunciated and on display um but i just i feel like she just got to kind of go that little get that little extra part to make it click you know mm -hmm. yeah but i think the match will be good um so we got the women's championship becky lynch versus alexa bliss uh you think uh becky retains uh yeah yeah i think it's too soon use you know and use their formula becky uh, alexa pin becky uh, becky's getting yeah. the win here i uh, you you said you thought Nikki and Carmella is going to be a good match. Um, no, I think that it could. It has the potential to be a good match. You know, Daniel I mean, Bryan actually said on Talking Smack that he thinks that that might beat Becky uh, Becky versus Alexa. Look, I think that the some of the moments we've seen with it, one going more aggressive with it in the way they've had Carmella attack. Nikki now granted huge danger if they decide to go with that style but I mean outside of Nia Jax you don't see that level of sort of aggressiveness in most of the women's matches yeah we'll see yeah I don't know man I could be wrong but hey you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be there I had to pay like 220 bucks to get a ticket to this damn thing I sure as hell better be excited about all six of these matches you know <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying and that pay-per-view in Sacramento like almost sold out which is surprising giving a uh, backlash I guess they were just giving away tickets at the yeah, end nice that's that's good to hear yeah yeah uh but uh Becky versus Alexa I think you know my only uh thing that makes me say alexa could get this is that it really feels like and granted she's the number one contender so they have to push her but it really feels like they've been pushing her at the expense of becky a little bit you know they've been letting becky coast i think it's way too soon to do a title change and I if, you, if you're gonna do that you should have had alexa win the title to begin with yeah um i think becky becky wins and and uh, I, outside of maybe Miz and Ziggler, I don't see any of these feuds ending at, at this pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, because no, because now we've got to do, you know, a pay-per-view a month. So what are they going to do if they wrap up the feuds? Too well, I think this is it until Survivor Series, which is a, this is it until and that's a co-branded pay-per-view. So uh, a lot of these match, you know, a lot of these matches won't be at Survivor Series. There will, you know, be a couple here, you know, I think probably four, four or five. <laughs> I guess if we got a six, six match card. So I guess that's still most of them. Yeah, that'll be interesting seeing how they go back to doing co-branded after uh, this this hard uh, brand split. But uh, yeah, they got to be careful with that because one of the things that killed the brand split last time is making it clear that SmackDown was the B show. And yeah, you know, at the end, the last several years, it was always the Raw match that was the featured match, and and the Raw title was the real world title. And then fans started looking at SmackDown as the B show. Ratings for SmackDown fell, and you know, it led to them combining it and and you know going getting rid of the the two brands basically the split so I'm, brands i'm looking at this uh schedule is is tlc really being given a smackdown designation yeah wow that's interesting you think we'll see the first women's ladder match well um i don't know i don't i don't think i i mean if it was charlotte and sasha i could but i, I just don't know uh who's really good enough to pull it off i mean you know you got natalia and, and that's 
and Becky Lynch, but I, yeah. they've just done that so many times that I don't, I don't see them doing that. But yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, stip, stipulation pay-per-views, I think Hell in the Cell is a much more exciting stip and that's going to Raw. So, yeah. you know, then SmackDown gets TLC. And why don't they put every match in the cell? I mean, the pay-per-view is called. Oh, that would be that would be overkill. I'm glad they. they I, I think there should only be one. Just whatever the hottest feud is, that should be it. I think whatever the theme of the pay-per-view is, that should be every match. Oh, TLC, no. TLC, every match. You, after two, two hours of <laughs> table and ladder spots, you think you're going to care in the main event? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't no. know. I'm telling you, money in the bank. There should be a briefcase in every match <laughs> on the card that night. Absolutely but, not. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's weird that the WWE would show restraint in one area where they don't in every single other one. Uh, but back to uh, to No Mercy. Um, so uh, Slater and Rhino versus the Usos. You think the Usos get it? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah Slater and Rhino. And it's just because they've completely stalled since uh, since winning the belts. I know earlier when we talked about it a few weeks ago, you said you could see them keeping the belts on them uh, for another cycle. But yeah, I think they've done nothing with Rhino and Slater. And it's clear that Alpha, American Alpha versus the Usos is what they want to do. Right. So with Dolph Ziggler uh, versus the Miz for the IC championship, do you think uh, do you think Ziggler wins it or do you think this is it? I'm, oh man, this is tough. My gut tells me, uh, my gut tells me Ziggler, um, but man, I don't know. It's 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 a tough one. It, the the way it's been built, it seems clear that it would be Ziggler, but um, just with these stories and what Flair is saying, I don't know. I, I you know what? I'm gonna go with the Miz. See, I think Ziggler just because again they dropped the ball with the Miz after that Talking Smack preview. Like they folded that trajectory into this and the Miz is still doing great work, but this isn't the storyline that we got that we thought we were getting a month ago, you know, where it was the Miz versus Daniel Bryan and the, you know, the Miz, well, was they could, they dominant. couldn't do that. I know, I know, yeah. but they didn't have Daniel like pick a wrestler. They didn't, I don't know. They didn't keep that trajectory going of the Miz not getting respected. You know, it's like they, they shifted the, the focus of this. Um, sorry, I was, didn't want to use like political terminology, but it seemed like, Coming out of that Talking Smack promo, the storyline was going to be a referendum on The Miz, and it's turned into a referendum on Dolph Ziggler. Like, now this is about Ziggler's career, not about The Miz and his never-ending reign as the IC championship. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, with, with Daniel Bryan, they gave something that they just didn't know where to go with, yeah. uh, which happens all the time. Uh, yeah, they get they, lightning. They, they, it's very rare that they could do something really interesting and follow up well over the next several months. How much of fandom do you think with, uh, with the WWE, what percentage would you put it at that uh, fandom is what's actually happening? Like, is, is your excitement about what's actually happening and what percentage is about your excitement about where it could go based on the, on the tease, you know? Uh, when I get really interested, uh, it's where it could go. Uh, yeah. What's actually happening, you know, the Miz and uh, Dolph Ziggler, I'm interested, but it's not like uh, I'm, thinking about it outside of, you know, yeah. like when I'm out to dinner, <laughs> but, uh, so maybe 60, 40, 60, 40 in favor of possibility being the more exciting thing. I'd say almost a hundred. It's, <laughs> it's rare that, uh, it's rare that I'm super interested in something, uh, that's been just a regular storyline for a long time. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, probably since Daniel Bryan uh, going for the title at WrestleMania 30. That's WWE uh, TV fandom in a nutshell. It's like, I'm tuning in because something really cool could happen. Oh, nothing really cool happened. God damn it. Well, I'll tune in next week because something really cool could happen then. Yeah. And, and uh, after No Mercy, let's uh, let's talk yeah. a little bit about Goldberg and then also take some of these reader questions. Of course. So just yeah. wrapping up uh, No Mercy, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, who, who do you like? Uh, I think Orton, but I think this feud is going to continue. Yes, I think we all lose, no matter who mm -hmm. wins. Um, and Styles, Cena, Ambrose, who's your prediction for who walks out as champ? I think it's Cena. I think uh, Cena wins it. And uh, what is... I think Cena's scheduled for SmackDown next week and then is off until Survivor Series. So I think Cena wins it here. They do an angle next week, builds to a... Uh, you know, return match at, at Survivor Series with either Cena. I think it's going to be Cena and AJ at Survivor Series. Um, but yeah, you could easily do Cena and Ambrose as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... Uh, Actually, no, it's got to be Cena and AJ. Sorry. 
<laughs> I, I think Styles retains. Uh, I just don't. I mean, again, I could be surprised. I, I just don't see how exciting it is to have Cena off TV uh, with the belt. And I know they've done that before, but I think right now, given how tense things are with the ratings from week to week in football, um, I don't know. I mean, the, but who knows? The WWE could find a way to make that really interesting. But I think uh, Styles retains. At no mercy. Um, so let's talk about what, what's the latest with TNA, and then we'll get to some reader questions. Um, TNA, uh, actually, uh, not actually nothing really. Um, nothing new. Nothing new. Just the lights their, are still on. They got their tapings going. Should take them through November, uh, maybe December, uh, but they've got to figure out something by then. Well, who knows? Actually, who, who? Maybe they get another. You know, someone to fund at the last minute for their next set of tapings, and this continues. But uh, for the good of the company. I think, I mean, Dixie's talked about, they had a meeting after Monday's tapings and Dixie talked about, uh, she admitted that WWE was interested, but she wasn't going to sell to them. Um, and she said that uh, there was something else. Um, and, I mean, nothing, nothing really of note, just that, uh, that there are complications with the people that want to buy, uh, you know, over who gets control. So that's something that needs to be ironed out and, you know, if Dixie hadn't sold portions to a bunch of different, <laughs> different companies, uh, we probably wouldn't be in that mess, but yeah. I guess she had to, in order to keep the tapings going too. That makes sense. So what's going on with Goldberg, man? I mean, is this, is this real or are they just promoting a video game right now? It's sounding like it's, it's real. Um, I don't know. Goldberg is claiming that he had double knee surgery recently. I remember during SummerSlam week, he was talking about, uh, going for knee surgery, but, uh, I don't know. You know, Dave Meltzer is uh, is reporting that it seems very close to happening. He's heard from a couple sources that'll be at the Survivor Series. Jim Ross um, also saying the same thing that that it's a go for Survivor Series. To me, it just seems like that's very soon for a guy who hasn't wrestled in in a decade you know, over a decade. You just gotta yeah. come out and hit the spear, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, oh, well, you could do that to build an angle for a match at like Royal Rumble <laughs> or WrestleMania. I mean. I mean, he's obviously been obviously been staying in shape. Uh, yeah, but no, is he good. in ring shape? And can he get in in ring shape in a, in a month? Uh, maybe Rock did it, but Rock wasn't forty nine years old. Um, so we'll see. Um, tonight, Goldberg's going to be on ESPN. We'll be reporting on it, you know, on the site, and uh, it, that should make things much clearer. I tell you, I this is what you do: Goldberg versus Braun Strowman, right there, bam. Really? You know, Braun thinks he's getting serious competition. Goldberg comes out and squashes him. And then that whole chapter is over. <laughs> like, right. We're done with the whole Braun Strowman thing. Uh, but are you excited about 2K17? I mean, they're promoting the hell out of it. They finally took Alberto Del Rio out of the commercial that they're showing now. Did they? I thought he was still yeah. in there. No, not the one they were showing on wrestling this week. They they did this weird, awkward cut to the scene of him sitting at the bar. It's If you knew that it was there before, it's very obvious now. Yeah, so Del Rio is there sitting at the bar, right? Yeah, but they cut it out in the version they're showing. I could have sworn I saw it on Monday. I, I, I didn't pay attention to it last night, but yeah. Uh, regardless, um, no, I'm not a. I haven't been a gamer <laughs> since like uh, Super Nintendo. Yeah, they the commercial this year might be better than the game. I don't know. Oh, the commercials are awesome. I mean, yeah. they're they're amazing. I played I played a lot of 2K16 uh, last year and uh, really enjoyed it. You know, you warts and all, bugs and all, but uh, I don't know. You know, I'll spend a day or two with it. I'm sure I'll talk about it on the podcast when it comes out next week. Um, so what do we got in questions? What do we got? All right, let's get we'll get to some of these here. Uh, let's see. Anthony Cruz uh, feels like Raw and SmackDown are like two different shows. Who's running it? Each, which brand? And, uh, it's Vince McMahon running both. I think... I think the reason why SmackDown feels better every week is just because it is two hours. That makes a huge difference. I think Raw would feel much better if it was two hours. Plus, I think Stephanie and Mick, uh, that uh, them as GM isn't uh, as entertaining, I guess, as Daniel Bryan, as palatable, I guess, as Daniel Bryan is. And um, yeah, well, Shane's been MIA for a while now. Right. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It makes yeah. when he is on camera uh, mean more. You really don't need both people on TV each and every week. I mean, it really should be like the 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 real head, you know, Stephanie or Shane, only there for for major reasons, and then kind of leave it up to the general manager to to run the show. Yeah. Do you think uh, uh, speaking of those lines, um, 
I mean, do you think we, this is the last we've seen of Vince for a while since his, his last appearance announcing the brand split? He was off TV for a while before that. Yeah, I mean, he comes and goes. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we got to keep an eye on ratings. They they were back up this week to 2.78 mm-hmm. million, I think, viewers. Uh, still under 3 million, which a year ago, people would have said that was a disaster. There's no way Raw is going to be averaging under 3 million. And, and here we are. I don't think there's been an hour that's been over 3 million since football started. Um, and Vince usually comes back when ratings are, are kind of pretty bad. So... They're creeping back up. We'll see where they are over the next few weeks, but I could easily see Vince coming back. I don't think it's in the plans right now. Um, um, in the comments, sarcastic Mr. Fox is asking, uh, is Tyson Kidd done? Now, I know you know he's not talked about much, but but he's not coming back from that injury. I don't think so. If, they, if they're not letting Daniel Bryan come back, uh, Tyson Kidd's injury was way more serious. And, you know, he shared that photo the other day. And, you know, he, he, t- he talks about he's getting better every day. So it's clear he's not even close to hundred percent. So unfortunately I think uh, I don't see him coming back. I'd love to see him come back, but I don't see it happening. But what about a uh, behind the scenes role? I mean, do you think uh, there'll be something for him there? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure whatever he wants to do, uh, you know, WWE would love to have him as a coach or, you know, as an agent or try him out as an agent or something. Um, so it, it, it's just, you know, I think you got to wait for him to fully recover, see where he's at and, you know, I think, I mean, WWE, they just re-signed his contract not too long ago. So yeah. it, he's, he's with the company, uh, you know, for the long term. Yeah. And they've been pretty good. I mean, guys that get those sort of serious injuries, you know, I, I mean, I can't remember the last time there was a big, I mean, cause there would be a huge, being a publicly traded company, it'd be a huge outrage if they cut somebody that, uh, had a career ending injury like that. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else in the, in Let's the questions? See. What do you do with a guy like Braun Strowman next? Goldberg. <laughs> no, I, uh, I mean, the traditional way of building is you give them jobbers, then you kind of give them people lower on the totem pole. So I think someone like a Darren Young, he hasn't been on TV lately. You have him uh, and, you know, kind of build that for a month or two. I mean, I don't know how long you could go with it, but have that be the next thing for Braun and then you go up from there. Yeah, there's got to be something, man. I mean, it's just... Uh... But the, but they did that last week, right? I mean, Braun now saying, "Give me real competition." Yeah, let's have something. But, so it's 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 effort walk at this point. I think it'll be Darren Young. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's, forget Darren Young, Bob Backlund. Let's get Backlund out there wrestling Braun. That I'd pay to see. Right. Take the shirt off, leave the suspenders on. That's uh, that's mm. a, that's a pre-show main event. If there is such a thing. All right. Omar <laughs> is asking, do you think Samoa Joe will get bumped up? He should. All these yeah. guys. I mean, it's like we've said before. Um, with ratings where they are right now, and and the talent depth seeming so shallow, forget about keeping NXT hot right now. It can go through a little bit of a lull. Bring up Samoa Joe, Nakamura, uh, Austin Aries would you know would bring a spark to the cruiserweight division. I wouldn't do it just yet. Get the cruiserweight a little more well known. Let the guys in it get a little well known, and then have Austin Aries come in be their top guy and move Neville to the cruiserweight division. But there's no reason why rude Nakamura, Samoa Joe, and uh, even the re- revival uh, Ty Dillinger. I think all those guys should be on are ready for the main roster and, and would make a difference. Yeah. And, uh, just keeping them on uh, NXT or keeping them susceptible to injuries. And uh, you just, you know, each Daniel Bryan said it like each bump, you know, takes a little bit off your oh, yeah. career and, and, that's what you're doing, keeping them in NXT. Was it? I can't remember if it was Meltzer. Or I saw the story going around this week that NXT right now, for for the first time in a long time, is outside of the top ten most things watched on the network. Like the the viewership, you know, based on that data, is down. And I think that if they if they rate it anymore, I mean, I just don't know how it how it survives after they've just, I mean, really established it as its own, as its own thing. Well, that's a network show, but yeah, you know, I mean, you it's can, not the top priority. It's not like USA money that they got to worry about, you know? Right. I mean, what it's supposed to be is getting guys ready, not, not for guys that are already ready. So, yeah. you know, you, you, Ty Dillinger, you don't need to move him up to the main roster yet. You could have him start uh, being in the, the main event area. Um, yeah. You know, you got Eric Young. I mean, there's, there's lots of guys. So, um, yeah, but yeah, NXT definitely has lost some of its buzz, but 
that shouldn't be their main focus anyway. It's a, it should be developmental and they're drawing, you know, two, 300 people on their weekend shows. So you got to keep it in perspective. Well, uh, what, what'd you make of the news? Uh, kind of funny, uh, in, in that sort of, this is how the universe works sort of way that a year to the day, almost after, uh, showing up at the performance center, tough enough winner, Sarah Lee was dropped by, uh, NXT. Well, I mean, she, I, I hope it's that she requested her release because she's yeah. pregnant uh, and, and, and decided that she she doesn't care anymore because, you know, releasing someone right after they find out they're pregnant, they've done it before. I mean, Don Marie yeah. had sued the company over it. Um, but yeah, I, I hope she requested her release. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think Vince would see a huge angle in that. We have, you know, she's pregnant. She's got to work really careful because of that, you know. Yeah, um, I don't see that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Will Miz beat Honky's icy title reign? Nope. Um, cruiserweights need to be moved to SmackDown. They need time filler on Raw, so that's why Smack. <laughs> you know, that's why it's there. What do you do with the Raw tag division? Jeez, you need to bring some guys up. Revival would be good on Raw because they they need yeah. some more tag teams. So, uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think uh, the problem, again, is, is it's the thing. It's like I want to protect NXT, you know, and give a reason to watch every week. But that's the thing, man. It's like the revival in TM61 and Gargano and Ciampa. I mean, it's like you take them out of NXT and then uh, what are we watching every week? You know, the authors of pain, basically the authors of pain just every yeah. week. You know, they're authors. They write. What's their medium? Pain. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> pain and erotic X Files slash fiction. You got sixteen uh, tag teams in this dusty classic, you know. So, but aren't some of them like created tag yeah, teams? Yeah, they're the they're makeshift. Um, yeah, but I still, like to see more of that. I, I like to see more of that. Like, yeah, let's do that on Rob. You're not using guys, Neville though. at all. Why not? Oh yeah, unless they're building him for something like, uh, <laughs> you know, all, the, all so many guys that are not doing anything that aren't even being shown on TV. Put them in a team. See what happens. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's that's the way you cure Raw's tag team problems is like because because that's a storyline. I mean, even with Cesaro and Sheamus, now granted it's not being executed in the most elegant way, but that that storyline writes itself when you have two guys that have to come together and work together to be an effective team. That right. that storyline almost always yields results. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll well, get a couple more questions. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. I heard that Dolph was coming back as a stable with Shelton Benjamin, another superstar. Uh, no, uh, that was an original plan for someone. I forget who that was, but that was before Shelton was injured and Shelton's out for a while. Oh, uh, you know, we, we ignored it um, because I think based on the promos, it should be ignored. But Kurt Hawkins is apparently going to be at no mercy in wrestling. Oh, block that from my mind. I don't know if you caught that little tidbit of a promo. Talk about deepening the, the talent pool. And Kurt, so Kurt Hawkins actually is, is a pretty good wrestler, but yeah, this, but those this, promos this, this gimmick just... is this gimmick is doom. There's too much. Yeah. The campy comedy as a gimmick has such a short shelf life. If that, you know, Adam Rose, Bo Dallas. I mean, just those are just recent examples, and that's that's what this is. Yeah, and Kurt Hawkins is, is no no Adam Rose. Right. Uh, <laughs> someone's asking Sasha and Charlotte in the cell. Yep, that's what it looks like is going to happen. So, uh, hopefully, that they move on from that feud after that. You haven't, you know, I don't know who you go on to. Maybe it'll be Nia Jax. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to have a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that'll be interesting to see what happens with Emma coming back in, in her new uh, gimmick to see if she maybe gets in the. Uh, the action there, but it seems like with the new gimmick, they won't have her resume her partnership with Dana and pick that up where they left off. Yeah. Uh, Coleman. All right. I think, uh, well, last question. Someone's asking about thoughts on the rumble in the Alamo dome. Um, that is, I was surprised when I heard, it. I went to the last Royal rumble at the Alamo dome, uh, in San Antonio at 20 years ago. And Man, everywhere they were just giving away tickets. You went to Taco Bell and, you know, uh, you could get tickets for like $3. Um, they were, I mean, it, they had a hard time getting 60000 but they did. And they do a better job now uh, getting, you know, drawing crowds than they did, you know, in, in 96 uh, or 97. So, I don't know. Uh, you know, they got what? Uh, November three months is that it yeah to wow. build for a stadium show um 
So I wouldn't be surprised if they tarp off the top sections and and, and try to do like 50. I, I, I think they're going to have a really tough time outdrawing uh, the last one. Cause the last one, they did a lot of promotion, but who knows? Uh, it, you know, if they, if they do, I always thought they should do make SummerSlam a stadium show and have two a year. If they really want to make SummerSlam more like WrestleMania, SummerSlam's mm-hmm. in the summer. It, it's easier to do a stadium show in the summer because because of, of the weather. And um, yeah, I think I I always thought that was a no brainer, or at least a, a like a forty five thousand seat stadium. With the Rumble, that'll that'll be interesting to see what happens. It's weird hearing them talk about the you know, the road to WrestleMania starting there, um, but but it's almost that time. I mean, have you heard anything about when Mania tickets are going to go on sale? When they're going to push the travel packages soon? Uh, no, I haven't. I, it was I'm, this time last year. That, uh, yeah, it should be soon. Uh, with the with the Rumble though, um, if you are going to do Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, it would make sense mm-hmm. to me to hold it for the Rumble because you need uh, a big drawing card for that for that stadium. Yeah, no, with that many people. And that's, yeah, that would certainly do it. Although, man, what a slap in the face to all the current headliners. It's about who draws. And if, if you're not outdrawing Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, then you got to, you know, you, you got to stop whining. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. That's true. Cool. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for this edition of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Come back and join us Sunday night right after No Mercy ends. Raj Geary will be here with Matt Morgan and Vince Russo to talk about everything that happens there. And then, of course, Monday nights with Matt Morgan. We have our podcast talking about Monday Night Raw. Now, programming note, I will actually be uh, at the pay-per-view on Sunday and at Monday Night Raw on Monday. So, I will be back here next Wednesday to talk about SmackDown Live because I'll be there live for that Tuesday night as well. Um, So yeah, uh, you can follow us all on Twitter, uh, both Raj and myself. Check the show notes for our information. If you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or YouTube. Leave us a comment and a rating. Let us know what you think. We appreciate those questions and we'll be taking those more throughout the podcast as weeks go on. For the the foreseeable future on Wednesdays, Raj and myself, this is uh, what it's going to be. We're joined by the occasional special guest. And uh, Raj, before we wrap this up, anything you want to plug on the Wrestling Inc. website? No, just check us out. Tons of stuff already up today. And tonight we'll have the stuff with Goldberg and Lesnar. So keep checking us out. Cool, man. So uh, for now, thanks for joining us. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and I'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Thanks.